The following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to this exclusive interview with the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have my co-host, CJ. Hello, hello. And we are, of course, with, once again, Mr. Jason DeMarco. Hey, guys. Hey. So, crazy (laughs) year. We just got to ask you, how are you? No, seriously, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. We are, you know, luckily... um, Warner Media has been really good about not asking their employees to go to work, you know, in person, and we've all had to adjust to the same, uh, you know, Zoom work um, method, but we've all kind of risen to the challenge, and though it's still hard a lot of the time to not be in a physical space with my coworkers and friends, um, we are making it work, and I think we've gotten into a pretty good groove, so... Definitely looking forward to when I can get back into a real space with real humans. But for now, I think I'm doing about as well as anyone could um, could be doing in the middle of this crazy pandemic. <laughs> Absolutely. And more on that, like the challenge to run, you know, not only Toonami, but Adult Swim in 2020 had to have been like just an absolutely crazy thing that no one could prepare for. How did you and your team really be able to figure out the best way to have things move forward for Toonami uh, in 2020, considering all the, you know, stipulations that people had to follow due to COVID. Sure. I mean, all credit to, all credit to Kim Manning, our, um, you know, our head of programming, she worked really hard in her team to make sure that even with the crazy delays and schedules, and I mean, all credit to the, people who work in the dubbing industry and what they had to go through to figure out an entirely different method of working to deliver episodes of shows. Um, I mean, it was unprecedented for pretty much everyone down the line and the degree to which everyone adjusted pretty quickly is I think just astonishing. Um, But all credit to Kim and her team for being able to figure out how we could, you know, keep the lights on without spending much, if any money, (laughs) because, (laughs) There wasn't going to be more money to take care of stuff and advocating for getting, you know, certain shows or, you know, and, and especially in the middle of COVID, it made everything from not just what you were, what you would think of like dubbing and stuff. It made simple things like legal acquisitions of shows harder because everybody has to work totally differently. And that results in a lot of delays and a lot of, you know, just shakeups across the board. Um, on top of which you add to the fact that we were really merging with Warner, you know, becoming Warner media from a Turner company this year. And you, you know, that comes with a lot of change. Um, and that itself causes disruption. So I'm really proud of everybody, both on my team, but also the programming teams. And then even the, the wider industry for just keeping the lights on and being able to deliver something, every week. <laughs> it's kind of a miracle. 
definitely was. Uh, I can at least say due to my working situation, since I work at a television news station as well, it was not easy. So I can only imagine for something as big as what you guys are doing, it was difficult. Uh, how were you able to come up with some of the ideas such as uh, replaying My Hero Academia or giving other shows like a little bit of a break to allow the dubbing process to you know, go at a pace that made sense and not put anyone in danger? Was that something that you and Kim talked with? Is that something that you and other... Uh, executives at Adult Swim talked about to kind of be like, hey, we kind of have to do something like this that's a little unorthodox? It, yeah, it's mostly Kim making those decisions, but she always consults with the Toonami team, and she's very good about hearing our concerns. And then sometimes we would have to go to our boss, Michael O'Lean, who runs Adult Swim, and just say, hey, we need a little extra money to make this happen or do this this way, and he would have to find the money and make a case with his bosses. So it was really driven by that. Um, but again, mostly that's Kim coming up with, here's what I think here and then consulting with us. And, you know, a lot of times we'll have a difference of opinion and she's really good about sort of weighing, weighing everybody's opinion and coming up with what she thinks is going to be the best solution. Awesome. No, that's, that's really good. To hear. I like the fact that there was a lot of open communication too. considering I would be feel very sad if like, something was kind of just thrown your way where you couldn't quite really say at least what you think might help the situation too, mm -hmm. especially with how tough the whole situation with COVID and everything else was. Yeah, we no, we were we've always been Kim's been a great partner since we started. And the longer we've done this with Adult Swim, the better partner she's been. And I think we see eye to eye and not everything, but as much as you could possibly see eye to eye, you know, with a, her needs are looking at the wider network's needs and she has to balance so many different things. And my needs, at least when we're talking about tsunami, are our once a week block. And we have very focused needs that we're pushing her for. So it's always a give and take, but she's a terrific partner. So say, for instance, when those DC movies came along, were you able to pick those movies or was there a selection that they let you pick from? It was kind of a little of both. I mean, basically it was, hey, here's an opportunity. Do we think that to support, you know, Wonder Woman, we would want to do something? And Kim would say, here's a couple different ideas. And the one that we like was, let's show these movies. And we picked the movies and said, can you go, we asked Kim, can you ask them if they have these movies? And they happen to have them. A lot of times they'll say, no, we license those to someone else, or, you know, they won't have exactly what we like, but they'll come back with some other suggestions. So it's always a give and take. But in the case of the ones that we've done this past year, those were movies we asked for specifically. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. They were really fun too. I never saw them. So I really enjoyed watching them. They were really good. Yeah, they were among my favorites of the Batman ones, for sure. Um, those were the first ones that came to mind. I was just like, can we see if we can get these? And luckily they, they had them. In previous years, before we sort of became more of a vertically integrated company, you might be told no because HBO has the rights. And luckily a lot of those walls have fallen down and we're able to do things like that now that we might not have been able to do five years ago. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, and I guess more so along about the lines of, you know, budget constraints due to the COVID and whatnot. How did Cosmo Samurai come to be? That was such a wild thing that just all of a sudden drop into the laps of Toonami fans that had so many people excited, like a Toonami anime. I think it's just so freaking cool. 
Well, we thank you. We that actually came that actually had been being worked on for over a year. Um, so that was actually paid for like before COVID even hit. <laughs> um, we basically were just looking for an alternative to. I mean, the fact is that the total immersion events have now gotten to the point where they're really expensive. CG just costs money, and it's never gotten really cheaper. It's always expensive as hell, no matter what year you're talking about. It was expensive as hell when we did Intruder One. It was expensive as hell when we did the Forge. So we now are kind of at a point where we can't spend that money every year. It's just too much money. So we were looking for other things we could do, like you know we did our we did our um, exquisite corpse a couple of years back, and that was one example. And I thought, well, you know, I mean, I'm right now luckily involved in a bunch of different show productions. So I have the ability to talk to a lot of different creators and I searched out, would anyone like to do, you know, maybe an idea for a Toonami anime and they could have total freedom and reimagine it however they want. And maybe it would be a one-off or maybe if everybody likes it, we'll keep doing more. And the, the funny thing is it's far cheaper than doing it in CG. We <laughs> won't. <laughs> <laughs> not to say that we won't do any total immersion events, but they won't be very often because they just cost too much money. Um, so, you know, for example, uh, this year coming for the 25th anniversary, we're still talking about what we want to do, but maybe it's going to be another Cosmo Samurai. Um, maybe it's going to be a more traditional total immersion. We're definitely going to do something, but we're figuring out what is the most cost effective thing. Um, so, Honestly, Cosmo Samurai came about A, because of the cost, and B, because I just thought, well, we haven't done that yet. Let's let somebody take a crack at it. And I, I really liked how it came out. It was super fun and goofy. And, and it, it, like, if I had written it, it wouldn't have come out that way. But I <laughs> love the idea of seeing how other creators interpret our characters and what we've done. To me, that's, that's a really fun thing. That's why I do that with the Rick and Morty anime shorts that we make. I mean, it's all sort of the same thing to me. I love seeing how other cultures and other creators interpret our work. Um, so I was just delighted because it was not, at all. I would never put a floating talking cat in <laughs> with a room with Tom, even though I made a show with a talking cat, but I, I still was going to say what they did. And it, yeah, That's but so it funny. came out. It came out. I really liked it. I, th I thought it was really fun, and just I thought it would be a nice change of pace from what we've done before. You know, I mean, kind of like Sandwell and me. Although that one ended up being controversial because <laughs> some people didn't like it, but I just like trying these different things. You know, mm -hmm. if we have an article about Cosmo Samurai that I think you might like reading. The person was very happy with it too, and I have to say, like, I just loved it. Like you say, oh, something cool. different. Something super. I, I love that. I, I love that you guys take chances on that. And I think it's something that I don't think many people maybe notice as much. And I greatly appreciate it because it, it helps build imagination. You know, it's that's something Tsunami's done since its inception. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, I mean, people don't, don't, people don't really understand what it, why we do some of those things sometimes. You know, I saw people talking about Cosmo Samurai and saying it was irresponsible because that money should have been used to acquire whatever show. And it's just like, <laughs> You just don't understand how little it costs to do Cosmo Samurai, number one. And number two, that those those buckets of money are totally separate. They don't affect one another. Not yeah, doing I, packaging does not 
we have more money to make shows, you know, or uh, acquire shows. Right. I more commonly see people like, why are they spending Toonami money on these Rick and Morty shows? Like, they're not. <laughs> they're just airing on Toonami. Not. No, I mean, Rick and Morty is a massive global hit show that makes mm-hmm. a lot of money. And so there's more opportunities to make a lot of kind of different things with Rick and Morty, as there always will be. It's like saying, why are they making so much Simpsons stuff? It's like, well, Simpsons is a huge ass hit. It's a very good point. You know, Rick and Morty is a huge global hit, and Toonami is big too, and it's been around forever, but it's not Rick and Morty level, you know, money making. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the biggest question I think a lot of Toonami fans are wondering, uh, any update you can say about any of the originals that have been announced? I can only tell you, we haven't announced any of the premiere dates for them, right. but you'll, you know, in the next couple months, more information will be coming out, and you know, this year I think will be a big year for for Konami nice. fans for those shows that have been announced. I like um, to hear it. Some of them mm-hmm. will be this year. Some of them will be next year. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a... I feel really good about the shows we're going to be putting out this year. I think they came out great. I'm really, really happy. The network's really happy. Even above the network, the higher-up, higher-ups are really happy. Um, it's all very good for hopefully Toonami fans um, because if they generate the excitement, we hope they will, then it'll lead to more things like them being produced, which I think is increasingly important in a landscape where you need to sort of have originals to draw people beyond just acquired stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, I can't tell you anything more than that, but I can just tell you, you'll hear more soon. (laughs) <laughs> awesome no that's great i mean i remember the con circuit for two years for the fully cooly stuff like it was a massive massive draw and so i i'm excited to see if these uh originals can generate the same thing i'm mostly excited for the fena one that one looks so freaking cool oh my god i i cannot I think that one's gonna be great no. i will I, i'm well i'm excited to hear that, that too one. but i don't know what it was but when i when you guys first announced it it was just i thought it was really really cool so i'm very very excited for that part <laughs> Yeah, I think people are going to like it. Not because I was a hell of a... I mean, he's obviously an amazing animator, but he's a really good director, and this story is one he's been waiting to tell. It's his story, and he's been waiting to tell it for years and years. So, uh, you know, I think it came out really good. So I hope people agree so we can make more, because he's got mm. lots of story in his head. Ooh. Ooh, that's super exciting. Um, and obviously, probably the thing that we do want to at least say since it happened today, congrats on getting Dr. Stone. That was just announced. We were very, very pleased for oh, that yeah. new edition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, if only we did this sooner, you I could have been like, oh, hey, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I forgot we were announcing it today. <laughs> I've known about it forever. I mean, obviously, us in our meetings, we know about stuff way far in advance. Usually, mm-hmm. although sometimes things just pop up. But I've gotten to the point where I forget when we're talking about anything because there's so much news you know which is a good thing for us yes. obviously yes totally it's but been yeah. uh, a very productive couple of months for tsunami lots of additions to see well it. we've been planning a lot while we were in covid you know <laughs> yeah so, speaking of that the labor that the ground was you've been working from home for a while now so i'm kind of curious what what a typical week working from home kind of looks like, like it seems like it would be a lot of meetings. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm uniquely suited to work at home in a way because I'm um, somewhat of an introvert. I don't like going out a lot, and I'm lazy as shit, at least physically lazy. So, like, <laughs> I'm not like, oh, man, I wish I could mountain climb. Like, I'm just a essentially sack of shit like most people that work in media. So, for me, being inside all day is fine, and I have a nice office. Uh, that I have a lot of books in and it has a nice view of outside and I live in a nice little quiet neighborhood with a lot of trees and it's just me and my dogs and my wife is a therapist so she's often in sessions you know with with her clients so I'm kind of on my own most of the day Um, so it is zoom after zoom after zoom after zoom or call after call after call Um, and because I'm working for a company that's based in LA but I'm in Atlanta and then I'm making shows in Japan. I pretty much am working, you know, early to late, a lot of days, just the way it goes. Um, So it's been, you definitely get exhausted with seeing your face on a postage stamp size TV screen and, you know, computer (laughs) screen over and over and over and over. I mean, it's a relief when people want to do a phone call. Um, But, you know, I've had it so good compared to others. I don't really have anything to complain about. It gets tiring and I'm immunocompromised and it drove me crazy to not be able to go out anywhere and do anything, not even like see a movie or take my wife out to dinner or simple things like that. But at the same time, we're safe. We didn't get sick. I've got a good job. We really have nothing to complain about. Um, So when I really start going crazy and get squirrely, I just take my dogs for a walk or, sit on my porch and try not to do a meeting for an hour or two. Um, but yeah, it's no question, just like for, I'm sure for you guys and everyone else, it's been very challenging some days um, because video communication is not better than sitting in a room with people and hashing things out, especially when you're talking about a creative enterprise, like, you know, making things for TV, uh, making a show, making packaging, I mean, it all is an exchange of ideas. And it's very hard sometimes, especially then you add the language barrier when you're talking about doing anime. Um, So I'm really looking forward to being able to go back to Japan. I'm looking forward to be able to go to, you know, I haven't even met my new bosses in person because they're in LA and we've only talked for an entire year over video conference. I've never seen them as human beings. So it's just, yeah, I'm, it's been very challenging. I'm definitely looking forward to hopefully the fall when I'm, when I'm hoping we can sort of be back in William street and I can be traveling back to Tokyo, which I haven't been to in a year and a half. Yeah. It'll be nice to get back to normalcy. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) For sure. sure. We're getting there slowly but surely um but jason i think that's pretty much all of our questions um i know it's a little shorter than like normal but we know that you were like super busy and we were even super thankful that you're able to spare even you know like a couple minutes the way that you did um sketch is there anything you want to kind of wrap this up before we uh finish it off i might be remiss if i didn't ask about one thing since we got just a little bit of time so you talked about uh kim manning being uh <clears throat> yeah, the person to talk to about programming. Of, of course, she always has been. I mean, that Dragon Ball Super is still there. You got a fully stacked lineup, but the blog is still led with a rerun of Dragon Ball Super, and 
It's kind of it's kind of irritating to some people. <laughs> Not me, but certain others, I'm sure. But I guess uh, the sketch is kind of no, wondering. I've, 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 I mean, I've seen that, and all I can say is, look, Kim firmly believes that Super is going to do better than just about anything else, and I have to say, the information we're looking at over the last couple of years bears that out. Um, I don't necessarily say that we are going to keep it there forever. I and Gil have plans for what we could run instead that we are looking into. Um, but at the same time, and while I understand, especially you folks like you guys who watch Tsunami every week, and I'm thankful that you do, and I want to make sure that you guys and folks like you are happy with the block, I also think there's a reality that we aren't, speaking just to the people who watch the block every week. And there is no show like Dragon Ball that can pick up the average Joe viewer who might not tune in again ever, but they might convert to a regular fan. And that's sort of Kim's logic. And you can agree or disagree with it, but it makes sense. And uh, to me, as a person who's been doing this for a long time, um, but at the same time, I also agree with what you guys are saying. You run something over and over and over. At a certain point, it just gets so stale that its value, even as a thing that draws in non-hardcore fans, might be, you know, it might be losing its its value. So we're aware of that. Um, but keep in mind, Adult Swim is a network that exists because of reruns. It exists oh, yeah. because of re- running the shit out of Family Guy, mm-hmm. running the shit out of Dragon Ball. It's the only reason Rick and Morty happens or Toonami happens is because we have shows like Dragon Ball and Family Guy that work no matter where you put them pretty much almost all the time. And so turning away from those in an environment where ratings are even more challenging than ever before is going to be scary, especially even with My Hero, which is a huge show. But My Hero reruns do not do what Dragon Ball reruns do and never have, not for us. Um, I think My Hero is different because the generation of fans that watch it are younger and they watch it streaming a lot. And when we rerun it, it doesn't do as well as Dragon Ball does. Now, that doesn't mean there's not another show that might not do well, a nostalgia show or something like that. We don't know. But we're looking into that because I think we hear everybody saying, hey, this is getting a little stale. Um, but at the same time, respectfully, my response to them is, you know, we do know what we're doing, so please be patient. We're bringing new stuff into the block all the time. And if the price for that is Dragon Ball at the top of the block, I, I personally think it's worth paying that price. This is literally like all a right. conversation that we've had within our own like colleague group. Like literally Jason sounds like both Sketch and I at the same time. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's the same like it sounds exactly the same. It really does. I, I'm very pleased to well, hear the response. View and I understand yeah, I see both points of view and I understand why people might get frustrated. It's a little bit hyperbolic when I see people saying, look, it's killing the book and it's like no, <laughs> I mean, not. obviously not. <laughs> I've been hearing that since 2015. (laughs) Right. I was going to say, without being arrogant, we have been doing this for a very long time now, and we're the only block on the air for a reason. It's not just because we got lucky. Um, Although we did get lucky, but it's not just because of that. It's because Kim knows what she's doing, and we know what we're doing. And that doesn't mean we don't make mistakes, because we certainly do. 
But at the same time, we hope people will give us the benefit of the doubt at this point. Definitely. But uh, Jason, thank you again for answering all of our questions. Uh, like it's super exciting. We're excited for the new projects coming in. We're excited for Dr. Stone. We've been uh, My Hero Academia and for The Promised Neverland. Like this is really, really good. Uh, a lot of new stuff coming to Nami's way and we can't be any happier. More new stuff coming beyond that too. So thanks guys. And I appreciate you talking to me. And all, as always, keeping the flame alive and helping <laughs> trend on Twitter and everything. It really does mean a lot to all of us. And, is one of the reasons Toonami is still on the air because we can show our executives simple stuff like, look, it trends every week on Twitter. You know, things like that matter. So please know that we're very grateful for all the hard work you guys do every week. We appreciate that. And we also like to thank the hard work that you and your team has put in throughout the COVID year, as well as what's going on now. We, we can't express yeah. it enough. Um, Thank you again so much for taking the time to talk with us, Jason. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear from you again. Cool. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.